Hello everybody and welcome to the post Hell in a Cell episode of the By God Wrestling Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Chris. Let's come join me this week is the wrestling mastermind, Colin Barr. You alright, Colin? Yeah, not bad. It's alright then. I haven't done these for a while, have we? But mm, No, quite a while. And, and then we were like, let's pick the most average pay-per-view. Um, uh, yeah, mm, hmm. uh, two good matches for me. I would, so, uh, I one and a half, I think. It felt a bit rushed at the show. It significant portions of it felt like an episode of Raw. Yeah, but the the main event delivered, and uh, the main second, event was off the chart. Like the first Hell in a Cell match, I thought was pretty decent. I, I to be honest, I actually thought the second best match on the card was the Divas match. I thought it was a good mm. Divas match, surprisingly because it had Nikki Bella in it. Like the 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 problem with that Hell in a Cell, the first one, is it just doesn't really feel. It feels like an Extreme Rules match rather than a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I did. They did get a bit weapony. Which, yeah, which I, I don't, don't mind the Hell in a Cell. But... I, I don't mind if you're going to use the Cell as well, but they didn't really use the Cell like a lot. No. Whereas it was, it felt quite prominent in Brock v Taker. Before we get to all of that. We've got to start things off by uh, looking at the um, US Open Challenge and the very, very surprising return of Alberto Del Rio alongside Zeb Coulter. I don't think anyone saw this coming, right? No, there was chatter of Del Rio possibly coming back at some point, but I don't really think anyone thought it'd be this week. No. And especially with Zeb Coulter. That's a strange one. Yeah, no one thought it'd be this week. No one thought it'd be Zeb Coulter, and I don't think anyone would have predicted him to take the US title off of John Cena. In, clean in a clean in a ten minute match. I was need ten minutes. I think it was about seven. Yeah, it's probably like ten it, minutes with the intro. It was really quick. Yeah, which uh, unexpected. Well, no, it was unexpected. Short, sweet. I thought it was a decent enough little match. Del Rio looked in great shape actually. Yeah, he did. Who's not been full time wrestling, just on indies and yeah, which underground. Um, I thought it, it's also an interesting decision given that we know that Cena's going to be off TV for a while Ooh. that they didn't they didn't really give us a, like a reason for Cena to be gone but he wasn't on Raw yeah but they <laughs> you were expecting him to get booked off with an injury or something like that but he's just like that's it yeah strange and it's strange that you would like the big moment where Cena was his US title goes to Del Rio it's a bit strange and not uh, I guess an up and coming guy no, I was really hoping, uh, I, I think it is a shame that Xavier Woods was off getting married this weekend, because... Biggest mistake of his life. If, he, but if he'd been there, I don't <laughs> think he would have won it, but I think you could have had one in the new day pick it up. Yeah, or even a guy like Tyler Breeze. Uh, Tyler Breeze would have been interesting as well. Yeah, um, I thought they'd be good, but I, I, I think why I say specifically the new day is if you look at kind of how they've been laying waste to people recently, it would oh, be yeah. a good way to get Cena off TV. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I love the new day, so I'm yeah. happy with that. But exactly. I'm, I'm not a fan of Del Rio at all. I, I like Del Rio. Ever. I like Del Rio. I'm not a fan, but I really, I'm not really bothered by him having the US title. I think that's fine. He does seem to be um, um, steering away from the cross arm breaker. Interestingly, yeah, just for the super kick. Yeah, I I like the the backstabber into the super kick worked really well. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't mind Amber. And then cross arm breaker, I don't mind it. But the, I I do like a good 
strike finisher. So. Yeah, and then on Raw, I think he uses like a double foot stomp to finish Neville off. Mm. Um, we like ties Neville up in the tree of woe and kind of hits him with a double foot stomp there. I think that's the finish to that match. So that's mm. that's interesting as well. But nice to see him do something different because it was really stale by the time he left. And he was. And I, have, I'd also... I have not heard him shout Destiny yet, no. which is an, always another plus. But I'd also really like to see him like to bust the cross arm breaker out as like his super finisher. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um, and that would be a an interesting way to go as well, and maybe have him like le- use it occasionally. But when he does, he like legitimately hurts a guy with it. Mm. I think that would be the if if you're gonna not use that regularly, that's the way I would use it is that you have a guy sell it for a couple of weeks or something. Like, don't have him... Don't have them, him saying that he's breaking the arm, but have him, like, dislocate your shoulder or something, or hyperextend your elbow. You know, something along those lines that just kind of gives it a little bit more impact. Yeah. I think that'd be really yeah. nice. I'm not really sure who he's going to feud with, though, because it's a weird story they've got going to Mex America. I kind of like that, though. I, it's an interesting I like it, but... Idea. I don't. Why should we hate that? They're promoting unity. Yeah. See, I. I don't know if he's meant to be heel or is he meant to be face or what. I think he's meant to be heel. Yeah. But it doesn't really seem heel to me at the moment. It'll probably develop into something bigger in a few weeks' time. But at the moment, I don't really see why would you hate that unless unless they're saying that the only two countries in the world that matter are Mexico and America. I think, and then you get, I guess, Neville going against them, but that's really about it. I think the kind of view is that it's a, like, you're with us or you're against us type yeah. mentality and that they're going to view themselves as superior and everyone who's part of their... So I could see them incorporating, like, other countries into it as well. I think that would work quite nicely. Like, receive Seamus and Barrett. Like, yeah, bring them in. Bring them in straight away. Done. Um, but it was a quite a quick match. It was it was kind of like not really pay per view quality. I felt, but no, it was a bit strange that you they wouldn't give Cena a longer match. But I, I don't personally, I don't think these two have the best chemistry. So no, it, I also the, felt the match it was... did what it needed to. It just it felt really sudden when he won with that kick. It also felt quite interesting that Cena was the opener. It felt like because because he, he has got that time off. It just felt like he wanted to get away as quickly as he could. Yeah. Well, it's... When you think about it, how many people have actually pinned John Cena clean? Not many. Kevin no. Owens. Kevin Owens. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. That's it. Really? That's about a it. A few good years. Yeah. So, good little rub for Dario. Yeah. Uh, well, Lesnar as well, obviously. Oh, yeah. Last year. Um, are we... We had a quick, nice backstage segment where we kind of saw the last of Corporate Kane, which is a shame. But boy, do I like Corporate Kane. I do like Corporate Kane. I'm, I'm really sad that he's gone because, like, the Corporate Kane, Demon Kane, like, dichotomy was just perfect. Like, absolutely perfect. Yeah, they played it off so well. And Kane was. <laughs> it's, it's strange to see Kane like that. And I think that's why it made it so entertaining. Yeah. 
Um, I do like it's a bad decision to fire him because he's got that mug. He says he's like the world's best director of operations. I know. What's he going to do with that? Want, you don't want to let someone who is the best director of operations go. It's a bad idea. No. Bad business decision. It's not best for business. Um, it's not. And what's Kane going to do with that mug now? Exactly. I'm at it. I like unhappy. I always leave everything. What is that mug? Yeah. Terrible. Goes for a cup of tea and a biscuit, and oh, there's my mug from the job I got sacked from. Because I look. Because my alternate because, because my alternate personality lost a wrestling match. Yeah. Mm. After dragging a man to hell. Yeah. Mm. Um it's a strange world wrestling. Right, the first Hell in a Cell, Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. I kind of felt this just it was a slow start and it kind of lacked intensity early on. Yeah, that that was what I my first impressions was it was it was a bit slow and I was like, and it, it did get pick up and get quite a bit physical, but I never really felt any sort of intensity or hate. I've kind of just not really but, felt it in this whole feud. Yeah, that was the point I was going to make. It's probably because I didn't, I'm not into the feud at all no. that I don't really feel like there's any intensity in this match at all. And the whole thing with his daughter seemed to get put to the wayside rather quickly. I know that was the perfect setup for this feud, and it was forgotten about within a week. Yeah. Um. Also, Hell in a Cell camera shots make me sad. They just—it's hard to see stuff. It's hard to see stuff, and uh, it seems like the cameras have got inside are on a sort of zoom. Yeah, it never seems to be quite far enough away from the action yeah. to see everything. And they do something weird to the hard cam as well. Just zoom it right in, yeah. yeah, like the old NXT cameras. Yeah, it's just like it's not a good visual presence. It was, it was better in the Less Than Taker match, I will say that. Um, mm. But it just didn't work with this one. It kind of just looked really bad and made it look bad. Uh, I will say though that some of the innovation of kind of weapon spots in this match was nice. Um, like jamming the kendo stick into the corner of the cell or jamming the, uh, that chair into the wall. I thought those were quite nice spots. They worked really well. Yeah, it's a good way to use the cell on a new... Because I've never seen that before, so that's that's good that they're at least trying something new. Yeah, uh, that was just fabulous. And also, I, for me, spot of the match was um, when uh, Reigns gets the the two kendo sticks and it's just Wyatt backing up. Oh yeah, like the look on Wyatt's face as he's backing up his per like that was absolutely perfect. The story in the match seemed to be that Wyatt was scared of what he'd push Reigns to do. Yeah, I, I what I kind of like about Wyatt is that, and this is actually something I feel in a way is almost like a realistic reflection on real cult leaders is like when he doesn't have his protection with him, when he hasn't got the rest of the Wyatt family with him, like, he is scared. Like, he is, he always acts the big man when he's got the rest of the Wyatt family with him or when he, like, takes someone by surprise. But when he's one-on-one, you sometimes feel that he's kind of, like, on the back foot. And I like that element to his character. Hmm. Yeah. I thought they could have done more with that, though. Oh, absolutely, sure. You only had you only had that one moment really with the candlesticks, which was those candlesticks shots looked sore as hell. 
Yeah. And the table bumps as well were pretty damn sick. Oh, those table bumps are horrible. Off the apron, the kind of side choke slam. Yeah. From Wyatt, that got some good elevation on Reigns there. And then the spear, obviously, which is a lot more dangerous than it looks, considering where Reigns is putting his head. Yeah, that's, that spear is, oh man, not good. I don't think it was, it's not one of the best here on the matches. It's not really up there with the the Rollins match last year with Ambrose, but I felt it was pretty good. It got pretty physical. And it definitely did, yeah. There was a really good spot where it was why it was going for the sister Abigail. Vane mm. spins out of it, hits that super bad podge. Looked fantastic. And I was a bit surprised at how. Well, I wasn't really sure which way this would go, but it makes sense for Reigns to win uh, if he's going to go up to the title picture. Yeah, that's very true. And a loss doesn't really affect Bray Wyatt too much. No, I so, I would say that's, again, that is also true. Like, a loss isn't terrible for him. No, because um, uh, the winning and losing isn't necessarily the point of his character. No, for um, sure. It would be nicer if he won a bit more in terms of big matches, but it's not integral to his character at the moment. No, it's really not. I think that's <clears throat> that's kind of an interesting element to him, really. Mm. It's by far one of the more uh, intriguing elements to his personality. Um, but like, I think Reigns winning here works well when you look at what happens later in the night and what happens on Raw. Yeah. For me, if... that's what kind of makes it the whole thing come together. Yeah. It was a, I was a bit surprised that there was no interference at all. No, because they kind of really felt you. they'd set themselves up for, like, Braun Strowman. Uh, Strowman, is that it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of felt like they'd set it up for him to be pulling the cage door off or something, you know. It would have been great. Well... I liked that they kept to the just to hell myself two men in it, but it seemed to be set up for a way where White would find, yeah, some sort of way. So that was I thought that was a bit, bit of an odd one, but I guess what you're saying the next night on Raw and later in the night, this totally wraps it up. It makes sense. Both men are on the clean starts for the moment. What I did like on Raw was that White saying that he will he's picking his revenge. An Undertaker now, spoiler for later, and he'll pick his range on Reigns at a point that he chooses. Yeah, which was just fabulously done. Like I, I really liked that, and I liked because it sells the the a it sells them as a long term feud, like Triple H and The Rock kind of feud type, you know. Keep, yeah. keeps it bubbling even when they're not facing each other it's still there and also it re- it gives that purpose to like the kidnapping elements and those two things that yeah that what makes it work for me yeah. um i just yeah i i i feel that they've both come out of this match fantastically they've put on a good but not great match and like i say it just didn't feel didn't feel like a hair cell Really, it felt like an extreme rules match. Yeah, there's two, there's a couple of ways to play the Hell in a Cell match, and 
I personally prefer it when the cell is the primary weapon yeah. and it. it's just a absolutely brutal slugfest, basically. It's just a complete war. Yeah, I will uh, I will say actually quickly, um I do there's two other spots in the match I like I like when Bray Wyatt goes for Sister Abigail but goes and hits it super fast. And also the finish where you see like what uh we see Reigns and hits the uh hits the spear off the like the kendo sticks in the corner and again hits mm. it super quickly. And it yeah. just felt both of them were like there's no need like there's no theatrics. This is we need to get this done. Like this guy needs to go down now. And I kinda liked that element to it. I really mm. like this idea they're just like they're hitting each other as hard and as fast as they can because if they don't they're fucked. Yeah. I felt that that was just really intriguing for me and that really worked. Um Alright, next up, tag team titles. Um New Day retaining against the Dudley Boys. My question here is why do you bring the Dudley Boys back if they're never going to win? I know they yeah. keep losing via shenanigans, hmm. but the uh, I thought this would be the one. Normally, you don't keep these type of screw jobs going forever and ever. And the thing is, um, as well, is like Woods is out, so the New Day kind of have that excuse if they want, and they can be like, "Well, the Dudleys took Woods out by putting him for the table, so it gave him an unfair advantage." Blah 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 blah. Like that is kind of great chicken shit heel stuff, right? Mm. Um, I, I know the New Day have kind of moved away from being chicken shit heels a little bit. Uh, they had that those couple of weeks where they were just coming out and raw and being dominant, but that seems to have faded again. Um, but yeah, these guys like this is the perfect example for them to go heel to go like it wasn't fair. We didn't have Xavier Woods completely ignoring the fact that the Dudleys don't have a third guy. But like it's this would have been perfect, right? This this is where you want them to win because it furthers the storyline. Whereas it, the the New Day winning doesn't really further it. No, it just keeps it rolling along the way it was rolling. Um, I think they're trying to drag it out till TLC. Yeah, so it feels like anyway, or have the big one at Survivor Series. Yeah. But, um, I will say I I really liked the beginning though. Oh, the, the New Day promo. The New Day promo in Morning Xavier Woods was fantastic. Just, oh my God, those three guys, or two to the last night um, together, just fantastic. I, I did feel they were, like, they do lack without Woods. You kind of need all three of them to get the full effect. Like, yeah. they, they really work well as a trio. Um, and I hope that, that, like, seeing this has made the higher-ups realise that they don't need to split these guys up. They work together. Like, all three of them together works. Just keep mm. them going. Um, but I would like to see one of them win a singles title at some point and then, like, try and freebird the singles title. <laughs> would be, uh, be perfect. Uh, but, yeah, and the whole unicorn thing is... I love it. Perfect. I love you should it. you should definitely watch the Table for Free episode on the network with the New Day. Oh yeah, I need to see that. Yeah, so, the, the guys are hilarious together. It's obviously they're just going out and having fun now, yeah. whereas in the past they've been stuck doing yeah. things that they don't want to do. But so, um, the New Day and Kevin Owens give by far the best backstage interviews. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like hilarious. by. Did you see the one where it was like a YouTube exclusive one and it's 20 minutes long? 
No. Because they, <laughs> they just send Eden away and they just keep going. And the cameraman <laughs> tries to back up and they're like, you're not going anywhere. You stay <laughs> here. Uh, the best one I've seen is I think they've just lost a match and uh, Big E is hiding under a box. Oh, that was great. That was and, at, um, I think that was at Madison Square Garden. Table, I think, yeah. yeah, it was at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was great as well. Oh, they're such a good team. Yeah. Such a good team. They're, they're, uh, they're good in the ring, but he definitely missed Woods at ringside. Yeah. Just providing that a little bit of comic relief yeah, or a little bit of exactly. extra annoyance. Um, because the, the match was decent. It, was, it wasn't too long. Um, no. There, there wasn't too much to it, really. I really, I tell you, what I was great was the ref not buying like the um the fake Eddie. DQ, yeah, the trombone. That was brilliant. I and I love that he's that referee plays it perfect because he is unsure. It's, yeah. He doesn't immediately go one way or the other. You can see him genuinely making his mind up, and it made it feel unscripted because he's not like he's he was clearly uncertain, and that added something to it. <laughs> um, and then obviously Biggie like getting the cheap shot when his back's turned is the perfect resolution to that whole sequence. It just yeah, that was it was great. There was one thing that I did like, and that was but well, basically something the Dudleys have been doing for the past twenty years mm. is protecting the finish. Yep, you they, know, were, they did not go for the three D; they went for the reverse three D. Yeah, exactly. Three D. They said that uh, there was an interview they were on. Uh, and they, I think they said they they've only ever allowed someone to kick out of it like three times, twice I think. Tw- yeah, two. Or, yeah, it might have been twice, but yeah. One in WWE back in the day. Yeah, and it was Chris Saban and TNA. Yeah, it's great. Like that's they protect it perfectly. Um, Why doesn't anyone else do that? And they protect it naturally as well, because like, they've got alternatives to go to. Yeah, but I don't get why no one else does that. No. Protect your finish. Um, I also like how uh, Trouble in Paradise is starting to be sold as like a brutal finisher now. Yeah. Like, particularly when you've got all three of them in the ring when they're doing a beatdown and they're just feeding people to Kofi to hit Trouble in Paradise. It's perfect. Like, it, it really sells that move and makes it look absolutely brutal. And like last night when he, he hits, uh, I think Bubbery hits for the finish and it, like, Bubbery is down and he's out and that's it. It just—it's another step towards making finishes meaningful. And it's important that they are. Yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to get around using your finish to get cheap pops. Um, guys need to realise that. Yeah, it's the same um, to an extent with the tombstone. I feel, which is one of the other, like one of the only other examples that is still a well-protected finish, and you will oh, yeah. you will see guys continuously go for the counter on it. Rather than kicking out. Yeah, like you say, there's plenty of ways to get around to counter it. You slap out the back of it. You, I don't know, just get out of the way. Yeah. Use different moves. It, it it makes sense to me to keep a finish protected. And then when someone does kick out, it means something. Yeah, and have more, like, have more signature moves. Have And have the commentator sell them as signature moves rather than finisher moves. That means the commentators would need to sell something. Yeah, that's true. That's a real problem. <laughs> um, right, next up we had Charlotte retaining against Nikki Bella in the Divas Championship match. Uh, this was I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was... The finish is really sloppy and it's all on... Well, no. 
it's on both of them. They just get it wrong. Like quite a botchy match, I felt in places. Yeah, especially that top rope flip where it looked like they just about murdered each other. Yeah, but like it, that is a hard spot. It's a hard spot, but if you can't pull a spot off, you don't do it. I but the thing is, I kind of. With those counters, I like that they look sloppy because I kind of feel that those ones shouldn't look perfect. Because it's like, it's you getting yourself out of harm's way. It's not you pulling off something that you've practiced time and time again. And that's kind of why I like that they look a little bit sloppier. Obviously, as long as people stay safe. But I kind of (laughs) like that they look a little bit sloppier because it sells it as like, oh shit, I got out of dodge there. Like, I dodged a bullet. And that's why I, I like that element to it a little bit. Mm. Uh, I prefer it to look a bit cleaner myself, mm. but uh, I get your point. It's a pulling out the bag type moment. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, and uh, particularly as well, when you take into account, like, if someone is like Neville, then yeah, it should look super clean because that's his whole thing. Yeah. Like, But it's not for Charlotte. Char- Charlotte's thing is not flippy shit. No. So. Uh, but I, I really liked this, and I thought it was a much better match than I was expecting as well. It was better than I was expecting, because that's probably why I have a, such a low opinion of yeah. Nikki Bella. But, um, I thought Nikki Bella did well. Yeah, she has she improving. She has, she's putting her role well. Um, I, I thought she was a bit sloppy in this. And it, when you see like a, someone like Charlotte or, or um, Sasha Banks or something, the things they did in NXT... And then you see the quality matches yeah. they're putting on and Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views. It's not the same, and it's disappointing. Yeah, very true. I think if you put them in against each other, they'd knock out of the park. But you're putting it in against people who like the Bellas, who are, are the Bellas are improving. They're good. People like Naomi are decent, but they're not. They've not got the same. It was like drive as the NXT divas do. Yeah, um, but it was a decent match, and I really I did like the finish with the Alabama slam off the apron. The Alabama slam, that's so good. But the the figure eight looked pretty sloppy. They just got it wrong. They positioned themselves wrong in the ring. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I that the finish does take a lot off of it. I think. Um. But mm. the Alabama slam's great. I also think Charlotte hits one of, legitimately one of the best spears in wrestling today. I think she, she spun herself round when she hit it, which yeah, it's one way to sell it. It looks like you've hit them that hard that you spun yourself round. Yeah, but I, I think or... she she hits it really well. Mm. Um, I just really like it. I yeah, I thought it was a good match overall. Um, yeah, I'm still not into the diva revolution. I kind of, I kind of think the the page turning, page turning on, um, Charlotte and Becky. Is something new and slightly different, and that's good. Now, hopefully, it kicks it off because personal issues is what you need in this division to kick it off. I also think, like, I was bringing some on to about some Reddit. You need the ability to have a mid card divas feud. Mm-hmm. You need the ability to have because you've got enough now. There's enough. There's like nine good wrestlers there. There is enough for you to have a top tier divas feud and a mid card divas feud. Yeah, there is easily. Yep. 
So it's easy enough. Like NXT does it with an hour of programming a week. They manage to have two Divas feuds going on at once. So they need this. They, they need more. it, but it's a pain. The WWE mean more selected to women is cool or not the same as it is on NXT. Yeah. And when they do put on a second Divas feud, it's always something like Summer Ray and Wana. Yeah, which it's doesn't some, really it's count. something really superficial and cheap, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really put anyone over. That's normal what their second feud is if they even bought to have one. But you've got you brought you brought up well nine people into this divas revolution. But then you've got Natalia and everyone else around that. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty there to have something more. Um, but hopefully, a page turn is really going to kick this off. Yeah. Uh, additionally, of course, then uh, we had a quick Reigns and Ambrose segment where Ambrose like congratulated him. was like, you know what's next? I was like, I don't know what's next. And mm. Raw didn't really answer that question either because I know that Reigns is now going up for the title. But that doesn't really seem to be what was implied in that segment because they didn't know that Reigns was going to win the number one contendership. No, Bill... I don't really know what they were referring to. I, I get, it was probably just a throwaway. Cancelled. It probably was just like a complete, meant to be a complete throwaway segment, but it just felt really weird. It was like, you know what's next? I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be like, they're going to go for the tag titles. That would be really cool. Like something a little bit different rather than going straight to the World Heavyweight Championship. But the because the implication was that Ambrose was going to have a, play, a part to play. And he had no part to play on Hennessel. And he had no part to play on Raw. So... Yeah, he wasn't really involved in what was next. No, well, his match got cancelled, obviously, him and myself. Oh, yeah. But still. Orton's injury, so I don't know. I, I took it as they were both going to have to go for the world title. That's what I and figured. That, that, that was him saying, well, we're, we're going to have to go against each other now. But that that didn't happen either. No, so it was, it, they probably planned something and changed their mind. Yeah, but it just it, it just made it feel like a weird segment. It feels like Ambrose is a bit in the watch now. Yeah, don't really know where he's where he's going to go. Um, I was hoping he'd move back up to the world title, but well, but the thing is, it was kind of implied he was going to go against Jericho, but then Jericho is part time, so that doesn't work. And like Jericho is yeah. kind of booked up for a lot of the rest of the year doing fuzzy stuff. Um, and then there was like maybe a hint that there'd be something of Orton. Then Orton got injured, and now he just wears a jacket. Yeah. It's good yeah. it's a pretty good jacket though. Uh oh, yeah. right. Um now we have a mid card spot that is the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. Mm. As was pointed out by someone, this was the piss break match. It was. The World Heavyweight Championship um, was the piss break. That's not good. I can understand I... this not being the main event, but put it on beforehand. I don't know I don't think you necessarily need a break between this and the uh, Hell in a Cell match, because Hell in a Cell match is so different. Yeah. Uh, it was, it started, it's not obviously not the main feud. It's not, not I don't think anybody really thought Kane was going to win the title. It's no. It's just something for Rollins to do at the end of the month. It was something for Kane to do after his like, summer of yeah. back around with All Rollins. Right. Here's, here are two questions about this match. One, mm. Why isn't this a Hell in a Cell match? Because three is overkill. Just, just don't do Reigns, Wyatt. Oh, uh, I, th- I think 
I think that view deserved it a bit more than. I know, Kane. but this just kind of felt weird that this wasn't a Hell in a Cell match, right? It did. It felt weird. There was no stipulation at all. Yeah. Uh, Second question Was Kane the baby face? I, I mean, yes. I guess he was. But it doesn't no. act in a very baby face way. He dragged Sephiroth to hell like three weeks ago. Mm. That's a pretty heel move. Yeah, and I can't imagine a demon ever getting over as a baby face, but, you know. That's just me being old fashioned booking here, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bit strange, but uh, corporate Kane is hilarious, so I'll support. I'll support Demon Kane for that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you knew he wasn't going to win it, but it would have been nice if Kane won it because it, you could, it could have set some interesting dynamic up with corporate Kane, etc. Yeah. yeah, it'd been fun, but yeah, the titles on Rollins for the long haul. Yeah, and I, I, I also found it very weird that yeah they didn't make any deal out of corporate Kane getting sacked. Like that wasn't a big deal on Hennessel, right? And no. that wasn't a big deal on Raw. No, because he quickly moved him on to the white feud. So I guess he just, like... But no, I'm fine with Demon Kane being moved on, etc. But just have, like, a 30-second Kane, is, his services are no longer required kind of thing. Just really short, like, really short and sweet, but it un, like it just draws a line under the whole thing. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, Match was... Quite, uh, one other was thing. right? Before the match, Rollins is shouting, you are one person, at Kane. Was fucking amazing. Yep. That was, yeah. that made me laugh. It's, it's so stupid. Yeah. But, uh, it's funny because it's so stupid. Yeah, uh-huh. it was. It was great. But. Um, okay. Yeah, actual, decent enough match. Actual match. Yeah, I thought it was good for Kane, for a guy his age, still puts on reasonably good matches. Yeah, um, you're never going to get a five star classic no. at this point. But, but he's definitely for him, he's so. definitely better than he has been for probably a year or two. This is probably the best thing I've seen him do in a couple of years. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. Um, the uh, it's because they're putting with like Sephiroth, so Sephiroth is great. Um, the choke slam counted into an insecurity looked fucking sick. Like, it goes for the choke slam and Rollins hits the Inseguri instead. That looked absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, Everything Rollins does looks amazing. He's, yeah. he's so athletic, so agile, but he, uh, he knows when to hit his moves perfectly. Um, the other thing that I really liked in this was the amount of punishment it took to get Kane that da- just to get Kane down for the frog splash. Yeah, where he's just like hitting him again and again and again, and Kane's going down to like one knee and stuff, and it's slow. Like that was a great set. That was just a great spot. There's a great sequence in the match. I love that. And that was some frog splash. The yeah, hate he got on that was ridiculous. And the fact that then Kane still kicks out and still goes for the choke slam. Yeah, uh, though. I was a bit disappointed the table didn't break, obviously. Yeah, where, that's a shame. Kane goes to the choke slam, Rollins hits under, gets underneath him, powerbomb. It looked like he just moved a bit too left and hit the corner of the table and see the line. Yeah, flat also, that's uh, two pay-per-views in the row now with Rollins. Yeah, table don't like him. No. He used to be Orton for a while. Yeah. Maybe it was, 
like 12 RKOs in a row and he didn't go for a table. Seems to have moved on. Mm. Although it does give Matthew something to put in his next Botchamania episode. It's true. Yeah. Um, I, I'd really like the finish. It's, it's a good match overall. It's well paced. Both guys get stuff in. It works well. They actually protect Kane's finishes nicely because they, get, they both they get countered. And um, Rollins comes out as looking good. I think Kane comes out as looking reasonably strong because it takes a lot of punishment to take him out. The fact that like Rollins hits him with all that, hits him with the frog splash, and he kicks out. Um, that was perfect. It just yeah, it works. Uh, but yeah. I also feel it's really important here that Rollins wins cleanly. With one pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, not two, not three. Yeah. One. It's, it hits him with all... Because it's... I think it would have been weird if he had to hit him with multiple pedigrees after everything that would come before it. Because mm. I like the... Yeah, because the, like, the frog splash then goes for pedigree. I would have actually rather have seen him go for the um, go for the phoenix splash. But... I think maybe they're saving that for his face turn. Yeah. It's never... Well, he's hit it once, but he had the, when he hits that, it should be a special moment. Yeah. Well, that's be. kind of what I felt with, like, okay, he's hit with the frog splash, that hasn't got it done. What next? It, it might be like Ric Flair, and he'll never hit a top road splash until his retirement match. Yeah, that'd be great. It may not be. It might be another 20 years away, but... <laughs> it would be hilarious, though. Just keeps going for it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought it was good. Everyone comes out of it looking good. Like you knew, re- realistically, Ryan's was always going to win this, but he wins it in a good way. Um. And it it now seems inevitable that he's going to get a face turn soon because he's winning matches clean against the odds. Oh, I would if it unless. If he's going to keep the title, he's healed Tom Mania. If he doesn't, I think he'll lose the title before Mania and turn face against Triple H. Because he, like, he has the two matches in one night at Night of Champions and wins one of them clean, like beats Sting. Kills Sting. Kills Sting, but he beats him one, two, three, it's done. Like, then comes up against Demon Kane, big, tough opponent, gets that done as well by himself again. Um, and then the next night, um, like the authority make a big deal about how he's beating everyone. It, yeah, I kind of feel like the he, the face stuff is coming. Mm. Like they're kind of they're giving him some of those like winning against the odds, etc., and doing it cleanly is a clear. That's a that's a face move, right? Hmm. The one thing, well, going up against Reigns now is a good move for him, I think. That's yeah. something I've not explored too deeply. Yeah. But I think coming out of that, we may see an Ambrose heel turn. Mm. Because Ambrose, thinking back to Raw now, he was actually encouraging Reigns. Like, this is your opportunity to finally get it done and all this. I think I think we might see a an Ambrose heel turn at some point soon. We could well do. I wouldn't be that shocked. No, no, that. Um, and obviously that opens up Rollins to maybe move about a little bit and do something different as well. Yeah, that's very true. Because be if, if if Ambrose is turning heel on Reigns, that is your top feud. Oh, absolutely, 100%. There's, there's, 
there's no way else around that. So Rollins will have to do something else. Yeah. Um. Right. Intercontinental Championship match. Owens mm. retains against Ryback. This was such a meh. It was a meh. Um, it looked like Owens raked eyes of Ryback again, but everyone seemed to miss it. Like the commentators missed it, and no one mentioned it after the match. Mm. But uh, right, Owens wins with a pop-up powerbomb. There was not really I, much to it when you've only got five yeah, minutes. I have four things to say here. One, like, Ryback doesn't seem to have a character. Is his character just that he's strong? He's strong and he reads inspirational books. But he doesn't even really play that up that much anymore. That was like a, for a little bit, but he doesn't really talk about that that much. His, no, char- his character now just seems to be that he's strong. That uh, seems to be, uh, yeah. It's like he's basically post-Ziggler Biggie then, right? Yep, he's a big guy. That anyway, He is the big guy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, then there was the Michael Cole line. Kevin Owens weighs in at 266 pounds, but I guarantee you he's heavier than that. So you're basically saying they lie, like the weigh-ins are just a lie. Why is Kevin Owens cutting weight? There's no weight limit. I know. Why is he doing a weight cut? <laughs> oh, just, just for the fun? Like, none of just that just made fun. any sense. So yeah. I was just like, this. What? so you're implying that either like Kevin Owens is randomly cutting weight, or that the weigh-ins are fake. So we'll, like, what? It's just a weird line. The man is nineteen stone. You're saying he's heavier than that? And it's the it's just the whole Kevin Dunn. <laughs> he's a fat guy thing. Very um, much. What else was there? Oh, I honestly thought we were going to see Ryback get counted out because he came really close. Mm. I it, it kind of I would have been like actually that would have been the right finish to the match. It would have been like I would have actually kind of accepted that because you could. Like spin Ryback's character off there, you could give him something to work with from the count out. Um, and then finally, that power bomb, the pop up power bomb, was fucking sloppy as hell. Yeah, I, yeah, worked off balance, so I didn't get the ovation on Ryback. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. But um, he did it on Mark Henry last week, so I'll work my way with yeah. it. Uh, and also, if you see the uh, in the Fatal Four Way on Raw, where he goes for it on Reigns. Like the one where he goes for it and Reigns and Reigns counts into a Superman punch for the win, that looked way better than the one against uh, Ryback. Mm. And also, that was a fucking sweet counter. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Owens is fantastic when he uses his brain. Yeah, when he just goes for big moves, he's not fantastic. No. When he uses his brain, good man. Right, main event. Final. Here we go. Brock Lesnar. Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, the final chapter, Lesnar wins. Whoa, this was this was good. This was yeah. really good. This was D- probably match of the year so far. Despite no build whatsoever, this match I was hyped for it and it delivered. Yeah. Like there were, there was literally no build for this match. Yeah. I actually, at the start of the match, I was thinking I would have been perfectly happy if this had been a regular singles match. Like, I know they want to do it in the cell as the culmination of the thing, but I kind of feel like it would have almost been better if they hadn't, because it's like you're keeping it the same parameters each time they've met, you know? Mm. Like, if it, I, but that was at the beginning of the match. They used the cell so well that it just worked. Yeah, very brittle, very, very violent, yep. very on. Um, uh, oh, 
super Brock, physical and intense. Yeah, Brock bleeds so early in this match, it's ridiculous. I think he's figured out how to get around this blading thing. He just rams his skull into his Yeah, and he's, worked he's, out, happy doing it. he's worked out how to bleed hard way and he just doesn't seem to give a shit. Oh, yeah, it seems perfectly safe ramming your head into a steel post. He just seems really year. happy to do it. He's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. I'm going to just hit this post as hard as I can. Like, bro, that's definitely not safe. Like, blading is way... I don't like blading, but blading is much safer than that. Blading is so safe compared to bashing your brain against a steel post. Yeah. Brain injuries are serious, bro. Come on, Oh, man. man. But, yeah, that, like... Oh, the... His blood adds so much to this match. Oh yeah, like yeah, just a then, just a ridiculous amount. It makes it so much better. Oh yeah, it makes you go oh shit quite early on, and then making Taker bleed as well by just punching him straight yeah. in the face. But what I love with what I love it, it he's just like by the end of it, he's just coated in blood, and it makes him look like a warrior. That's what it does. Like that's that's a great shot at the end where it's kind of just blood and sweat mixed together. Mm. My favorite thing was where they sent a doctor in. Yeah, and it just pushes the doctor away, and it just pushes the doctor about seventeen feet. Yeah, that was good. That was a brilliant spot. Um, the doctor, he yeah, Robert, he just turned around and boof away. Uh, oh, Brock makes steel chair shots look amazing. It kind of forgot about the no headshots for one of them. Uh, apparently, if you watch it in replay, it's not it's not unprotected. If you watch, well, if Taker gets his hands up, yeah. But... If you watch it in replay, he does. So I, I, I yeah, I think it was all right. It was um, all right, and then he had a couple of back shots. The man is just so powerful. It just makes it look so good. It's so scary. Yeah. But. Oh. Um, I will did, say, did you not think the talk about going back to Doctor Spot quickly? Did you notice that the commentators just missed it for like five seconds? Yeah, the crowd popped, and then the commentators like, "Is that supposed to happen? Should we call that?" Yeah, yeah, we'll call it. But it was perfect because Brock pushes the Doctor, picks him up for the F five, and slams him down. Mm. I like that Undertaker held his own in this as well. Got some yeah. good offense, and it wasn't a dominating performance. No, not at all. Either. I I you know what I think for me as well with this match this felt like a Hell in a Cell match. Yes, it really did. The only thing that confused me slightly is you could see in the background of both Hell in a Cell matches you could see the um, footholds cut out from last year. Yeah, but no one climbed the cell this year, which kind of was just a bit that was slightly confusing. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like climbing the cell unless you're going to go do something big with it. It's kind of. It takes a long time to get up the cell, as what people forget. Yeah, it's a big cell now. Uh, yeah. But unless you're going to do something big, there's no point in going up there and no. wasting, wait, basically wasting everyone's time. Because everyone's expecting something completely crazy. No, and exactly. if it's, nothing happens, then it's just disappointing. See, whereas like the Ambrose Rollins match last year worked, because like Ambrose does it before he gets in the ring, and it was awesome. Um. Every time I see Brock Lesnar throw steps, it's fucking terrifying. They're going to hit someone's head and he's going Cause to kill you, Yeah, because like, it generally looks like it's just like, I want these steps in the ring. Bam! And he's just paying no attention to where they're going. Yeah. But, oh, so that steel step shot was 
brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Um, I'm surprised it didn't do like a spot where they both go through the side of the cage or something. It felt like... I felt like it was coming. I felt like they could have done that quite easily. But it was so brutal as the way it was. I was watching, I watched this at my lunch break at my work and I was sitting at my desk like, holy crap, Jesus. Uh, No one understood what I was watching. But But I I think as well. Fantastic. Like, this match doesn't need them to go through the cell because they do other stuff that's actually unique to this match. It's so violent in itself that. Yeah. Anymore might have been overkill. Um. Oh, I love the Brock carrying the Hell's Gate. What I like with that is it just shows progression of it. Like it because that that to me makes him feel like a more like a real fighter because it's mm. like all right, I've got because it's what MMA fighters do, don't they? Is they train for the other guy's submission hold and stuff. Like if they know a guy has got a submission hold he loves, they train to counter it. Um, yeah, 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 you're always working your defense to try and stop it. Yeah, like, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, someone fighting Ronda Rousey to try and stop their arm going near them. Yeah, well, and also, also like, fail, but <laughs> but when you t- um, like Lesnar was talking about this on the Austin podcast, where he's talking about the the knee bar, um, was it no the knee lock, whatever it is. But you know, uh, he was talking about this with what was his first ever MMA fight? Um, well, uh, uh, Frank Murray UFC where. Uh, got him in a knee bar in the first or second minute. Yeah, exactly. And Brock taps out, and um, Brock was talking about how he'd been working on the counter for that. Like that's one of the things he'd been exclusively working on in training camp was the counter to that move, and he couldn't get it right. But that's why I like that he's got the counter to the Hell's Gate down now. That he he worked out how to get out of it, which is basically just hit the guy as hard as yeah. you fucking can. Oh, um, those punches were. Oh, they were sick. Yeah, so sick. Uh, I've 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 literally written down he's working taking like the heavy bag at the gym. It looks like he was going to murder the man. He's just hitting him as hard as he can. Like those are those are stiff. He's not punos. Those are just stiff shots. He's just hitting the guy as hard as he can. Which, to be fair, is why if you notice, like they quickly become entirely on like the upper arm because it's just a safe spot where he can wail away. But boy. Oh, uh, yeah, that was great. Poor, poor Undertaker, he's coming up to bus passage and he's having to go through this. And then, of course, then we had the tearing the ring, which is yeah. like that's no other spot this year will top that. That was spot of the year. That's already is done because it was so original. Tearing up the ring, I will throw another spot up to that, and that was Undertaker and Wesner sitting up at the same time at SummerSlam. That's true. But what I love with this but, is this is just so original and so unexpected. And, and you see how hard that ring actually is. Yeah. And uh, it's it, just words it would. I think what someone was, uh, I can't remember talking about this, but it's kayfabe is mostly dead, but there's still that little bit of magic. You know, there's still that little thing and tearing away that layer with the ring, tearing away one of those few things that is still like sacred in wrestling. Like, you don't see a naked ring. You always see it when it's finished. Mm. And, like, tearing away one of those last few kind of taboos almost. The same as when the Nexus did it. Is, like, it's really shocking. And him doing it in a match is incredibly shocking. Um, And it also shows how far Brock is willing to go to get, like, to just get Taker down and out. And then to have Taker turn that around into a tombstone on it. After a chokeslam on it. After a chokeslam on it. 
Oof. Uh, and the fact yeah. that Brock kicks out there, and the look on Taker's face when Brock kicks out, and it's just like, what? 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 Yep. What do I do? It was to say it was very similar to um, the Shawn Michaels retirement match, which yeah. where Shawn kicks out of it, and the look on Taker's face is like, I don't know what I do next. That's all the moves I have. I've run out of moves. And then, of course, Brock hitting the low blow is the only way to finish this feud. It, it wasn't just a war ball. That was the most powerful war ball I've ever seen I in know. my life. It's great. That noise of that impact will be ingrained in my memory for the rest of my life. Yeah. But my just, God, poor Undertaker. Just, he's, just, he's getting old. But, most things probably don't work down there as it is. That won't help. But just after the, after the sheer quantity of dick kicks that he has oh. given Brock, like, Taker definitely earned that low blow. Yeah, I, I didn't feel bad in the sense of, oh, you shouldn't have done that, Brock. I went, oh, well, he kind of deserved that. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of due one. Yeah. Hits yeah. And just hits the F5 and it's done. Great finish. Um, The only thing I might have liked uh, would be to see, like, Brock, because oh, you, obviously you get the Taker House gates, but it would be nice to see Brock going for the Kimura lock, maybe. But, I, yeah. I guess maybe they couldn't work out a way to counter it. Um, no, there isn't realistically too many ways you, sh- you can counter a Kimura. But it would have been once it's, once it's yeah, but it would be nice about, to see Brock unless like, you roll through it. Yeah, it'd be nice to see like Brock going for it and Taker getting out of it at least. Like not well, Brock, Brock doesn't get it fully locked in, and that's how Taker gets away. Yeah, good good counter. Just remembered, like the first minute in the match, Brock Lesnar goes for a suplex, and Undertaker just spins him round, and he flies out the ring head first. Yeah, it's just see, well, count. I love, I love proper good counters in the match because I don't know why, but I just absolutely love it when you can incorporate something like that in a match. It just brings the momentum backwards and forwards. Absolutely, but there's just so many oh, little that. things in this match that make it work. Yeah. Uh, to me, best match I've seen in quite a wee while. Yeah, the uh, I thought the thank you taker chance were very well deserved as well from the crowd. Yep. But then the Wyatts. The Wyatts. Firstly, at least WWE didn't get ahead of themselves like they did last year. No. But firstly, I know that with the cell, they could not reasonably have hid the Wyatts anywhere, and also there's just too many of them. Yeah, they're quite big as well. But, like, them coming down the ramp at that speed kind of just felt a little bit like that took some of the punch out of it because they come to the ring quite slowly. I felt that was quite ominous. It was. They knew they could take their time. They had their man. Yeah, but it just... It was, but I I felt like it. it, they could have been slightly faster, maybe. (laughs) It's just at a speed where you're like, okay, this is really cool and creepy. Okay, get to the ring now. Please just get to the ring now. Um, I But we talked about it before, but this was great. And what I like here as well is it wasn't the typical Wyatt's beatdown where they beat someone down quickly and then give, give them to Bray for the sister Abigail. Like, this is a pretty thorough beatdown of Taker. Mm. Um, And the crucifix pose when they carry him out is... And the repeated with Kane on Raw is absolutely perfect. Like that is just as an image, it's great because it's like the most 
humiliating way I can think of of carrying him out. Uh, yep, I'd agree with that. And to take Undertaker out of that when he's been doing that to people. Yeah. It just works. That is, yeah, and WWE didn't do what they did last year, but you know he does. We got the finish to the feud, and then we got the set-up for the next one. Yeah, exactly. They cleaned last, it out. Last year, we didn't get the finish to the feud before no. we set up the next one. That's which... kind of still hanging there. Yeah, that still, still disappoints me. But I understand why they didn't finish the feud, because they, they, they didn't want Ambrose to lose clean type thing. But no. To me, that still hangs over that match, whereas with this one, at least got it, the match out of the way and then they had their moment to set up Survivor Series. Yeah, exactly. And it makes sense for Bray Wyatt to hold grudges. It, it does. It makes sense for him to come back to people who's beaten him in the past when he now has control over the situation. Yeah, but I also don't even necessarily see it as him holding a grudge. I see it more as him being like, I need their power. And so he's just going for powerful people and people who are also like supernaturally powerful. Hmm. Yeah. Or people. It, it seems to push people to the edge, and then like feeds off their emotion, feeds off their hatred. Yeah. Seems. It seems like he wants to push people to that hatred. Yeah. Oh, I also really like um just the Undertaker trying to fight him off completely punch drunk. Yeah. The good spot. It's, it's... It's just, even when they're holding Wyatt up, Taker looks so shocked and, like, he's trying to bring his arms up. He's trying to do something and he just can't. His body's not responding. Yeah. Love it. It was great. So it's good. But over... Good setup as well. Yeah. Particularly with Kane the next night as well. I'm not quite sure where they're going with it, but I think it's going to be interesting. Four on four Survivor Series match. Who are the other two? That's fine. I don't know. Would you put Ambrose back in? Would you bother? Oh, no. Would... Just, that'd be weird. You've got Undertaker and Kane there. You've got to, I guess, get an R2. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Would you, would you want Orton back in there? Uh, no, Probably. that would also feel... Uh, I don't... That's the thing. It's like... Undertaker and Kane are such outsider characters. You know that it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't make sense for them to be teaming with people. Yeah, exactly. So we may end up with something like Strowman and Wyatt against Undertaker and Kane. Yeah, something like that would be more interesting. Something I think. like that. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just not quite sure where you go otherwise. Like, there's no one I can think of on the roster who really works with them. The only thing I can think of is Ambrose and Orton coming back. I know, but that would just... Into this. It, it would just feel like... You've finished off the Reigns and like the Reigns Wyatt feud, which everything else was kind of spinning off of, mm. and to bring out Ambrose and Orton in kind of just it it undercuts the conclusion to that feud. Yeah, so yeah I'm not, I'm not quite sure where we're going, but it'd be interesting to see. Um, no, I, I'm still I'm genuinely I'm genuinely intrigued. I'd also like to say on Raw, I was amazed that they actually made wins and losses count for something. Yeah. They said, oh, hey, you guys won at Hell in a Cell. Cool, you get to go in another one contenders tournament. Everyone that won, except from Brock fucking Lesnar. Did he just not want a title shot? Is that what it is? Brock Lesnar was... Not fancy it. Brock Lesnar was having treatment for nine stitches to the head. 
Staples. Staples, sorry, yes. Woo. Nine staples to the head, yeah. I think I bet it, you he regretted that uh, ring post thing yeah. when we were putting those in. Yeah, but I, I think that's a like if you want the K favorite reason why that's why like because no because you're like yeah sure Brock Lesnar is the beast but no doctor is going to clear him to wrestle with nine staples in his head or the thought that he just doesn't want a big go against Rollins yeah exactly yeah um but yeah I thought that was good we got a nice fatal four way we got Reigns uh coming out on top but feeling like a legitimate challenger you you felt like the number one contendership was actually worth something for once um and i also like that the reason that the authority even gave reasoning for why this time there wasn't just like a guy who was automatically selected at random Mm. yeah like they were like hey you've beaten everyone who's in your way so now like we actually have to find an opponent for you yeah, instead that. of his, oh, it's Sting. Oh, well, we'll have you. I've seen this one. Yeah. Some, some just random. This was like, yeah. no, you're beating all the guys. Here you go. Hmm. Uh, I feel like we're heading somewhere with Ambrose and Reigns. I feel we are as well. I'm just not sure where, but something. Reigns is getting the title shots. Reigns is getting the big matches. And Ambrose hasn't been booked for two days in a row. So yeah, he's, exactly. He must be starting to feel it a little bit. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It's going to be good, I think. I think we're yeah. going to get something good soon. Yeah, but we're getting close to Mania season. It's yeah, I think quick. we're going to get through Survivor Series and see where that leaves us. Um, quick prediction. Do you think it's going to be a, a, outside of the probable Wyatt family stuff, is it going to be another five-on-five five match? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Probably probably like a Ziggler. The Ziggler Cesaro Neville... Throw um, Tower Breeze in there. Yeah. Probably throw Del Rio in somewhere. Yeah. They're, they're, I think there'll be 1 5 5, and then whatever happens with the Wyatts. I think that's reasonable. Um, that makes sense. I think me. we might see a tag team turmoil as well, just to keep the Dudleys and New Days going. Again. That would be good because it's, yeah, because you're not just giving the Dudleys another shot. Yeah. And I think, I think I'll go to a table match at TLC for that. I'd be fine with that, though. Yeah, uh, tag team turmoil. There's good enough teams about. There's yeah. Obviously, oh well, you've got the yeah. You probably have Stardust in the big multi-man match as well. Then yeah, because you because you got the Ascension. You can put them in. You can do um. So you got the Ascension, the Dudleys, the New Day, and who else? Butcher Dragons. Are they still a tag team? Yeah, All right, Los Matadores who turned heel and I've not seen them since. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's why I got confused between the, the Matadores and the Lucha Dragons. Yeah, Lucha Dragons and put that in. Fine, dumb. Are the Primetime yeah. players still a tag team? But they are, but I don't know where they are. Well, maybe them as well, then. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. That'd be good. I'll do. All right, cool. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We will hopefully be back as more quickly than we were last time. Um... I've been your host, Chris Epson. You can get me on Twitter as Hal Press, H-A-L-B Pro. You can get Colin as Bar66. That's Bar with two R's. You can get us on the podcast at at blog or on Tumblr at bygod.tumblr.com. That's B-Y-G-A-W-D.tumblr.com. Uh, but yeah, say goodbye, Colin. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>